Welcome to this week's edition of Leading the Way, powered by the Institute for Corporate Productivity. Influential people, high-performing organizations, creating a culture of success. And now your hosts, Scott Murray and Angel Carlton. Hello again, everybody. Great to have you along on this Sunday afternoon. Scott Murray along with Angel Carlton. And we are here with yet another edition of Leading the Way. And a very special edition, I might add, because uh, this is Memorial Day weekend, or it at one time was called Decoration Day. Let me tell you a little something about this holiday. It's a federal holiday here in the United States for remembering the people who made the ultimate sacrifice and died while serving in the country's armed forces. The holiday is currently observed every year on the last Monday of May, of course, which this year is coming up tomorrow. So uh, Memorial Day is not to be confused. People often do with veterans. So, of course, always uh, takes place in November. Memorial Day is a day of remembering the men and women who died while serving, whereas Veterans Day celebrates the service of all U.S. military veterans. And the practice of decorating soldiers' graves with flowers is an ancient custom. Soldiers' graves were decorated in the United States before and during the American Civil War back in the 1800s. So it's, a, it's been around a long time, and we simply say a giant thank you to each and every man and woman who has, uh, has made that ultimate sacrifice for uh, all of us so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we do in the greatest country in the, on the face of this earth, the United States of America. That said and done, we're uh, delighted to uh, welcome also our presenting partner, I4CP, the uh, Institute for Corporate Productivity, of which my uh, sidekick here, my co-host, Angel, is a, a director. Yep, and for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I4CP is the leading human capital research firm. We study the people practices of high-performing organizations. We improve workforce productivity for some of the top companies in the world like Amazon, Microsoft, 3M, Ford, Starbucks, and the list goes on and on. If you'd like to learn more about uh, what we do, please visit our website at i4cp.com. Sounds good. Well, today, keeping with our military theme on this Memorial Day weekend, I thought we would uh, share with you... uh, an organization that you probably have not heard of, or those of you that have heard of, uh, I'm impressed. You might be in the military yes. if you've heard, <laughs> I, <laughs> more I than heard, likely. That's exactly <laughs> right. I heard about it through my involvement with the Armed Forces Bowl, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl that's played in, uh, you know, the end of the football season, the college football season, each and every December or the first part of January in Fort Worth at TCU. The Army and uh, Air Force Exchange Service, though, is what we're talking about. That is our special guest here today. This is a uh, a Department of Defense organization that provides tax-free service and shopping and exclusive customer base of more than 12 million military members and their families all around the world. Isn't that incredible? It really is. The exchange is the 47th top retailer in the entire United States. It operates more than 2,700 facilities, including department and convenience stores, gas stations, restaurants, theaters. I'm running out of breath because they're busy, busy people. Specialty retail businesses on military installations in all 50 states, five U.S. territories, and 36 countries all around the world. And additionally, the exchange operates in approximately, or uh, listen to this, 2.6 billion, that's with a B, billion receivables, excuse me, credit card portfolio. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. And I might add, it's also the largest employer in South Dallas. How about that? So they're really involved with everybody, every place. So, uh, and tell us a little something about our special oh, guest today. Oh, absolutely. Who's here. Very impressive. Very impressive. And I really do appreciate all the. Uh, well, I was trying to get all that history. information and I'm reading. I'm yeah. going, my gosh, this is unbelievable. Good stuff about Memorial Day, too, by the way. Well, I thank some you. Stuff from thank it. you thank very you. much. And yeah, super excited to have our guest in the studio this morning or uh, this afternoon. Uh, Tom Schall is the director and CEO of the Army and Air Force Exchange Service. We call it the Exchange. Uh, and uh, headquartered here in Dallas, Texas. The exchange is a non-appropriated fund entity of the Department of Defense. It was established in 1895, and today, as Scott said, the 56th largest retail organization in the U.S. with an annual revenue of $8.3 billion. The exchange employs approximately 34,000 associates, including military personnel, and in 2016, the exchange produced $384 million in earnings, all uh, reinvested into the military community. That's the best part about this organization. We're, yeah. And we're about to learn, learn more. So we simply say, welcome, Tom, on this Memorial Day weekend. Great to see you. Thanks for stopping by. Well, Scott and Angel, it's a uh, pleasure, actually an honor to be here with you, especially on this, uh, uh, this day, the eve of Memorial Day, uh, where we pay tribute to so many um, of those who gave their last full measure of 
devotion, as uh, President Lincoln said uh, during the Civil War. Uh, we will, we are, as a nation, we are so grateful for their uh, sacrifice, and most importantly, uh, we, we reach out now to family members and acknowledge uh, uh, their grief, even to this day. Once you've lost a loved one, it's, uh, you're never, it's never quite the same again. But we so acknowledge and are grateful for uh, the service of your, uh, your sons and daughters and their sacrifice. Well, I tell you what, we, we thank you as well, Tom, because as a West Point grad, we know what that's all about. And from the get-go, as a, as a teenager, as a young adult, you were there making a difference in the lives of those that need it most, protecting us all, out of you know, keeping us out of harm's way as a member of the military. So thank you for your continued service. And I might, before we move on to our program, you were also a member, going way, way back, uh, a member of the Reagan administration, which uh, you talked to us prior to the program, you were most proud of. I, I was, uh, was a young officer, captain, and major. I served within the Reagan administration for three years. It was truly a privilege and, again, honored to be part of that particular administration. It was a time when the uh, military was going through transition, and uh, President Reagan really uh, committed to making our uh, military strong again, and his uh, leadership and dedication to, uh, to that really made a huge difference in it, and it's paying dividends to this very day in terms of the strength of our military and how we, we keep our nation secure and our freedoms uh, bright. Well, let me ask. Let, yeah, let me ask you this: as as uh, before, we get on and talk about the Army and Air Force Exchange Services and all that you do every single day, uh, and some of the questions that Angel and I have for you. If you were to, as briefly and succinctly as you might, in fifteen or twenty seconds, somebody that has never heard of this organization, what would you say it is? Well, we're really the uh, the trusted uh, arm of the military for providing all the goods and services that they need every day, essentials of life taste of home, as I would describe it so many ways. Our, our most important mission is in combat. We have literally hundreds of facilities in uh, contingency and uh, OCONUS, as we call it, or in overseas locations in the Pacific, throughout the Pacific and throughout Europe, but most importantly in Afghanistan and Iraq and in uh, parts of the Middle East, where, which are staging areas for the troops uh, as they embark to deploy into combat. And we provide mobile field exchanges. We provide Wi-Fi services, um, water, all the, all the essential needs, but also snacks and uh, haircuts. Of course, the commanders always want to make sure we give good haircuts, so we provide haircuts. <laughs> but we're so proud to pr connect those that are there to their families at home. So we provide Wi-Fi services as well as uh, all the different ways that, ways that they can stay connected to their, their loved ones. So that in many ways, that's the most important mission for us is to help uh, those in harm's way serve side by side. We've had over 4,500 uh, in combat since 9-11. Mm -hmm. And we also employ wounded warriors. We have 1,100 wounded warriors in our ranks. We're so proud of that. There were about 300 when I arrived uh, six years ago. Now we've tripled that number. We're so proud of having wounded warriors in our ranks. So Good for you. We give them uh, a sense of uh, purpose and, uh, and, uh, and really – uh, inspiration so they can serve again. So they're mm -hmm. serving those who serve. We we are so honored to serve those who serve. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh, you're doing some some great things there, Tom. Well, we'd like to kick things off here with what we call our lightning round, and this gives our listeners a little bit of insight to your journey to success. So the first question we have for you is, what was your first job, and what did you learn from it? Well, ironically, my first job was as a dependent in Italy. My father, who served 40, over 40 months in combat in World War II, was then assigned uh, a few years later to Italy. And I was a, uh, a young Cub Scout and uh, eager to please and, and earn my merit badge for service. So I worked as a bag boy at the commissary and was so proud of that. I loved to interact with the troops even back then. It was uh, particularly on payday. I learned early how to be a good retailer because on payday they generally gave better tips. And their smiles were wider, and they were very happy. And I would just love to say to them, thank you uh, for being a great soldier. Thank you for being here. And also, you know, thank you for, uh, you know, the, a lot of these young soldiers didn't make a lot of money, but they right. were willing to, to impart small tips to me as a, a young uh, Cub Scout. So that, and that made a huge difference to me as I witnessed what you can do to serve others, especially uh, soldiers and their family members. Right. All right, let's move on. Uh, top two mentors in your life, how they influ influenced you as a, as a young professional. Anything come to mind? Um, I'd have to start with my father. My father, I just mentioned, was a 
in the Army, over 30 years uh, in the Army, as it turned out. Didn't intend to, to uh, serve that long, but, uh, but did and uh, loved serving in the Army. He used to say, as long as my family is taken care of, I'm all in for the Army. And so I, I always impart those words of wisdom to my teammates every day because it, it does resonate with me now, especially now that I'm in Army and Air Force Exchange Service. But he was really my role model. My mother uh, developed a brain tumor when I was a very young age. I was two years old. And we were stationed in Brazil, of all places, and my dad was a counterintelligence officer, and he had to really lean forward to be a great soldier. But then, suddenly, as my mother was, uh, was shipped back to, uh, was sent back to uh, Walter Reed to get her treatments, he had to be a full-time dad and a full-time soldier. And so when I watched that model, as I uh, learned what true love was and, and how to nurture not only those he served, but those he loved. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a great what a great mentor that is and role model. All right, well, the next question. I'll tell you what, before you get oh. to that, let's quick take a quick break. Good and idea. We're going to be back with more of Leading the Way here on 570 KLIF. What are best practices? Are they what set you apart from your competition? Or are they simply what most companies do to stay in the race? At the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, we focus on next practices. And that focus is what today's high-performance organizations rely on to lead the way. Next practices are tactics and strategies that our research has discovered have a great impact on market performance, but that few companies are using. They are what will define market leadership in the years ahead. I4CP helps you see around the curve so your company can adapt and take advantage of emerging trends in the ever-evolving world of human capital. We want you to lead the way. So join our team, I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way. Looking for a great video to preserve your family's legacy? Maybe a video that promotes your business or company for internet or promotional use. Seems just about everyone nowadays thinks they can create videos of their choice simply by pushing a button on their iPad or their smartphone. For capturing an everyday moment, hey, that's just fine. But if you want a professionally produced high-definition video of cutting-edge technology, then call us today at Murray Media. Whether live production or special event, look no further than the Emmy Award-winning team at Murray Media. From creation to capturing to editing to conclusion, Murray Media can get it done. From corporate to industrial to nonprofit videos and special events, television programs, TV commercials, website videos for both professional and personal use. Simply visit our website at murraymedia.net. That's Murray Media, always poised to video your world. Leading the way. It's about influential leaders and the business practices leading companies use to impact market performance. That's what the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, does on a daily basis. We work with leading companies, from Amazon to Boeing, and REI to 3M, to not only discover the best people practices of high-performance organizations, but the next practices, those that will define market leadership in the years ahead. Senior HR, learning, talent, and diversity executives from many of the most respected companies in the world rely on I4CP to ensure that their efforts will make the greatest impact on the business. After all, it's difficult to stay ahead by only looking behind. I4CP's focus on next practices is what today's top companies rely on to lead the way. I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way every single day. And now back to Leading the Way, powered by the Institute for Corporate Productivity. Here's Scott Murray and Angel Carlton. Welcome back to Leading the Way. Scott Murray along with Angel Carlton and Tom Scholl. He is the CEO of the Army and Air Force Exchange Service. And we're uh, delighted to continue on with our uh, our lightning round journey to success segment. Uh, let's move on and find out who that second mentor was. You're talking about your dad. Who's number two? Well, I was blessed as a, a member of the White House staff to serve with Bud McFarlane, who was the National Security Advisor. He was a Marine who had served uh, two tours in, in uh, Vietnam, a highly decorated combat Marine, and uh, just to watch him in action in terms of how he served others and how he also interacted with the president. But uh, he was chosen that, uh, that tragic night when Marine Corps barracks was, uh, was bombed in Beirut, 
to wake up the president in the middle of the night and, and inform him of that tragic occasion. And imagine a mission to a combat Marine to have to wake up the president and tell, tell him we had just lost uh, 250 of our finest mm. in the suicide bombing. That was the first major suicide bombing. This happened way before the other subsequent mm -hmm. bombings. But I just learned uh, how to be strong and uh, courageous in very tough circumstances, and uh, that's what Bud taught me. Fantastic. Oh, wow. All right, next question, uh, Tom. What has been the most significant experience or maybe a turning point in your professional career as in, in developing your skills as a leader? Um, I'm going to return back to my interactions with President Reagan because he was a man of such humility. I had the honor to travel with him occasionally, uh, especially on domestic trips where I would, uh, I would interact with him on uh, staffing issues and that sort of thing because the senior staff did not travel with him on those occasions. And uh, it was uh, just an honor to watch him talk about his experiences. Uh, he served a short period of time in the Army, but also the, he acknowledged in one interaction that if he could accomplish one thing, it would be to ensure that our, our men and women in uniform would be proud to be in uniform again and be proud of, of serving. And that, that really st stuck with me to this day. Yeah, I can imagine why. Yeah, I like that. I like that, Tom. Number four, best advice you'd give the next generation of young professionals in today's changing world? I think changing world is uh, what makes things uh, complicated. So I would start first and foremost, uh, uh, you know, draw from your strengths, which are your principles, your integrity, your character. Nurture and inspire those you honor and, and love and serve. I mean, it's all of those things. And then finally, I would say, uh, whatever you are, be a good one. You know, you have certain gifts, I would say. Embrace those gifts and pursue those with passion. Great advice. Great advice. Well, with all that you've been a part of, Tom, how would you define your legacy? Well, I'm not sure I necessarily have a legacy, but I, what I would <laughs> tell you is Tom, that, Tom, uh, you've got a legacy. Yeah. So don't even go <laughs> but, there. Don't uh, even go there. No, but the uh, I was honored, uh, again, when I, during my stint in the White House to be chosen to represent the White House staff when – there was a controversy over the design of the Vietnam Memorial, so I attended lots of meetings. With Senator Warner was really the main uh, driver of a lot of those discussions from Virginia. But I was representing the White House and working out a compromise to add a stat the statue and the flagpole, which were great additions. Actually, Ross Perot was part of those discussions, was a, a very uh, impactful individual in those discussions and hammering out a, uh, a compromise. And I guess to this day, the fact that uh, – we were able to secure the approvals for the compromise design, and then uh, I also secured the permit for the groundbreaking uh, in behalf of the, uh, the Memorial Fund and the White House. And so I, to this day, feel honored to, to be able to do my small part for the Vietnam Memorial. And in addition, I guess now, uh, fast forward, being able to serve at the, at the Army and Air Force Exchange Service and serve veterans uh, yet again who do have the online shopping benefit to tax, shop tax-free for the rest of their lives, and securing that benefit for them, 18 million veterans, has been uh, a real honor for me. Yeah, 18 million, and that's what we want to talk about today. This is an organization that, again, as I said at the top, some people that are certainly uh, wearing, uh, wearing the, you know, the military uniform and whatever it might be, they know who you are and what you're all about. There you go. And so, consequently, uh, that's great news. But for those of us and many of us that do not, this is where we want to have a little fun here and find out some of the things that you do and how successful this company has become. We were talking about the fact uh, prior to the show that uh, you're, you know, you talk about people like Amazon and AT&T, and, and you were side-by-side side in, in a lot of categories with these companies. So here, let's, let's move forward with some of the questions we've got for you. Exchange is a major employer of military families. I think we've already established that here in the program today. About 85% of the exchange's approximately 34,000 associates connected to the military, 38% veterans, spouses, dependents, or active duty, guard or reserve personnel working part-time in exchanges during their off-duty hours literally all around the world. So the question is, what is the onboarding or hiring process like? How do you acquire the talent and fill these positions? And really, what kind of talent and type of talent are you looking for day-to-day -to, -day to fill those spots? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, just to answer the last question first, which is we always look for uh, – uh, talent that, that who have a passion to serve. Mm -hmm. What makes us really different on the sales floor is that, uh, as you mentioned, 85% of us are connected to the military, and so we really 
we take it that ultimate step in terms of customer service and yep. making sure that their needs are when they leave the, the store or they leave the facility, whether it's a convenience store, uh, a food court, that their needs have been met. And so it's a very different kind of culture in that regard. So we look for people with passion. Um, we we also prioritize. We do focus on dependents, especially in spouses, because oftentimes young soldiers and, and airmen in particular, and obviously other service members too, it doesn't matter what service they're affiliated with, but we do tend to focus on Air Force and Army. Those uh, dependents and spouses need uh, employment. They need the dual income, and we want to be there for them to provide for those needs. So we do look, and they do then tend to be more passionate, so we get that along with it. We do train them well. We have a very uh, very strong corporate university that we we help train them, and uh, they, they get the training on the floor, you know, hand, uh, hands-on training, but then they also, we have a very strong learning uh, program that's online, and then they, it's self, uh, self-paced. self mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They really, it's an extremely good learning program that we have online that they learn all the skills they need to be a good associate, whether it's a sales associate, stocker, or whatever their skill set Yeah, whatever is. capacity it might be. We do. We train them yeah. really well because we, we're, we're not as concerned about their skill set coming in as we are making sure when they do come in that we train them well, and then it's that passion that really uh, helps to motivate them to, to serve that much better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is key. Well, in 2017, the exchange was named a top military-friendly employer and a top military spouse-friendly employer uh, by Victory Media. Uh, publisher of GI Jobs and Military Spouse Magazine. That's uh, some great credentials there. The exchange has been named um, also Best for Vets Employer four years running by <laughs> Military Times. So you're doing something right. What do you contribute this success to? Well, I think I, I would uh, contribute it to my team. I have a tremendous team, particularly my human resources team led by Lee Root. Uh, she's uh, actually an Army uh, spouse. Her husband was a colonel uh, in the Army, and so and her son is at West Point. Ryan is at West Point. So she's a proud spouse and a proud member of our team, senior member of our team. And so she really understands uh, the need to have um, veterans and those connected to the military part of our workforce. So we really work hard to, uh, to ensure we do that. We had a goal, have a goal now, of 50,000 veterans employed by 2020. We have, we have to add another 16,000 by then in order to reach that milestone, but we're really uh, hoping to meet, meet that milestone. So we set really aggressive goals to hire vets and hire those uh, who are connected to the military. So it's really a, uh, really a, a total commitment all in to support that. And as I mentioned before, our Wounded Warrior Program, we bring are very uh, passionate about making sure we bring in wounded warriors and part of our ranks and have 1,100, have hired 1,100 uh, wounded warriors since 2010. Yeah, well, let me ask you, and play off some of the things you just shared with us, Tom, what are the benefits in hiring current or, for that matter, former members of the military community, and how does this impact the customer experience, which is also the military community? How, well, how would you define that? Well, once again, I think it's their willingness to serve I- under any conditions. You know, I mentioned that uh, so many deploy into combat, so I'll really talk a little bit about that. And their willingness to then volunteer. We, we take volunteers into combat. They're, they're not told that they have to go in. They're all volunteers. And we typically, when we need to, uh, to get staffing for a facility or support in combat, we'll get two or three times the number of people we need to deploy. So when we look at people's backgrounds as they join us, we want to make sure they're willing to be mobile, as we call it. We have a mm-hmm. term we use. You have to be mobile, which means you may have to pick up Mm-hmm. and move yeah. just on a moment's notice Absolutely. in the world to serve. So that makes it very different than your typical retail yeah. association. But that's almost like being a member of the military. You don't know where you're going to be stationed or where you're going to be transferred to come tomorrow. Absolutely. And yeah. as the service members deploy, we want to make sure their spouses have a chance to deploy if they can't. Yeah, absolutely. So bring them closer to the yeah. They may be in the Middle East somewhere while their husbands are serving in, absolutely. in Iraq yep. or something like that. But we, we try to... All, we, one of our core values is family serving family, and we, we live that model. Wow. Talk about agility. You know, really having uh, these agile leaders out uh, in the field. How important is that? 
Well, I've got a, a quick question with only a couple of minutes left here before we have to take a, our next break, but I want to talk about your online store. I had a chance to look at it, and you're featuring uh, apparel, designer handbags, shoes, all this great stuff, including appliances, electronics, baby items, food. My gosh, very impressive. There are millions of items available, and shoppers pay no sales tax with free delivery. It's very similar to the Amazon shopping experience. So let me ask you, what type of online trends are you seeing compared to the brick-and-mortar stores? Well, Angel, first of all, I think I need to hire you to do our advertising. Yeah. That was a brief <laughs> summary of uh, what we do. Her head's getting bigger. There's no room yeah. in the online studio. And making that online experience a great experience and very competitive. We have, we have uh, ship from stores. So we pick, pack, ship same day, and, and it's delivered. We beat Amazon in many locations in terms of fulfillment. And now as the online retail has developed, fulfillment is really key. Customers expect not only to get what they want, which we're really good at, but then to make sure they receive it very quickly. And so we're really aggressive. We have shipped from store from locations like Fort Benning and Fort Bragg and, you know, Belvoir, just to name a few, uh, where they literally ship to those locations and those zip codes and they receive them overnight. So it's really being – because that's where, the re- you know, the online retail is going. And then to you, you mentioned the national brands, making sure we have all the national brands that you typically see in a Nordstrom or a Macy's or any of your – uh, slightly higher end stores. We don't want them to have a purely private label experience. We want them to aspire to the better brands, and they do have the desire for that, and they deserve it. They're the finest customers in the world. They do deserve the best, so we provide them with the best uh, product as well as service. Yeah, great prices too. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you know? She's a woman. Yeah. That's the first <laughs> thing she's looking at. Do I have a deal here? Is there a bargain someplace? <laughs> Tom Schull, CEO, Army and Air Force Exchange Service, our special guest on this Memorial Day weekend here on Leading the Way. We're back with more after this. What are best practices? Are they what set you apart from your competition? Or are they simply what most companies do to stay in the race? At the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, we focus on next practices. And that focus is what today's high-performance organizations rely on to lead the way. Next practices are tactics and strategies that our research has discovered have a great impact on market performance, but that few companies are using. They are what will define market leadership in the years ahead. I4CP helps you see around the curve so your company can adapt and take advantage of emerging trends in the ever-evolving world of human capital. We want you to lead the way. So join our team, I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way. Leading the way. It's about influential leaders and the business practices leading companies use to impact market performance. That's what the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, does on a daily basis. We work with leading companies, from Amazon to Boeing, and REI to 3M, to not only discover the best people practices of high-performance organizations, but the next practices, those that will define market leadership in the years ahead. Senior HR, learning, talent, and diversity executives from many of the most respected companies in the world rely on I4CP to ensure that their efforts will make the greatest impact on the business. After all, it's difficult to stay ahead by only looking behind. I4CP's focus on next practices is what today's top companies rely on to lead the way. I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way every single day. And now back to Scott Murray and Angel Carlton and Leading the Way, powered by the Institute for Corporate Productivity. Welcome back as we continue our conversation on this Memorial Day weekend with Tom Schull. He is the CEO, Army and Air Force Exchange Service, and we've heard uh, all the incredible things this organization continues to do for our servicemen and women every single day, and it's above and beyond, but uh, that's the way it should be for sure. Let me ask you this time as we move forward. Uh, the exchange is a part of the Department of Defense. We mentioned that earlier in the program and a non-appropriated fund government entity. So let me share a couple of things with our with our listening audience, and then you can uh, comment on this. 
They receive about 2% from the U.S. government, the rest of the operating budget generated from your own sales of goods and services. So generating revenue from creative retail outlets requires some innovation, I would imagine. So my question to you is, what are some ways your leadership team is practicing innovation on a daily basis and staying agile in the marketplace, especially in, in the rapidly changing world that we're all a part of today here in 2018? A great question. Uh, well, first and foremost, I would say we, we've really put invested a lot, as I spoke to you and Angel about in our website. We have the up, most up-to-date uh, web platform, Oracle-based platform that provides for uh, the best experience online. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, as I mentioned before, the experience in terms of fulfillment as well. So we're, we have state-of-the-art technology. Now we're employing state-of-the-art technology as it relates to customer relationship management and all the functionality so that we can literally know, uh, based on what the shopping behavior of every customer is, how to direct them to other purchases that they would want or would, would uh, likely have a, a proclivity to buy, or we really help them understand um, the other offerings that we have. So that's a big part of what we're doing is really making it a uh, – the millennial – generation is really focused on their individual needs and so we want to make sure we really address that shift in shopping behavior to to be very uh, specific to their unique needs and honor them in terms of how they want to shop and that's fantastic makes all the sense in the world doesn't it Mm -hmm, absolutely and and the exchange has achieved a near doubling of profitability since uh you're taking over leadership back in i guess 2011 and of course uh much of that goes back to the military community uh, but my question is, uh, also, you're the first civilian to run the organization. How has uh, your your uh, leadership helped to transform the exchange? Well, I like to think that as the first airborne ranger to serve, even though there have been general <laughs> officers <laughs> right. in the uniform mm-hmm. that served yeah. before, my uh, core roots are uh, as a as a uh, combat train leader. So that and we came into a situation that was where we had to be good combat retailers. And what I mean by that is be very innovative and also be very aggressive in terms of uh, capturing efficiencies and not put the burden of uh, price increases or that sort of thing, which you would typically do on the, on the soldiers, airmen, and their families, but rather for us to absorb the pain, so to speak. And so we became very efficient, especially as the, there was a drawdown in the military and in the Army in particular. We became that much more efficient. We also had to cut personnel costs, but we did it. We provided soft landings for everyone. What I learned in the military is no one left behind. So uh, our, we gave certain incentives for people to retire, but it was all voluntary. Every single uh, reduction in our workforce, and we didn't, I, I hate the term cut people, we cut positions, and then we were able through uh, repurposing people, through training people, to and uh, doing a lot of other things to capture attrition, all those things you would typically do to, to gain efficiencies but not have uh, it impact uh, the lives of our uh, those who served those who served. Mm-hmm. So we wanted mm-hmm. to make it a, as uh, painless as possible, so to speak, but soft landings for everyone. Yeah, wouldn't – don't you wish uh, a lot of people were like that? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? That'd be great. We've talked about leadership on this program for, for you know, almost a year when we hit the air, and yet – I think about all that you shared with us from a leadership aspect today. So let me ask you this. How would you define leadership? As somebody that's been a civilian yet at the same time been in the service and, and is a graduate of West Point, had the military in his, uh, in his psyche literally most of your life, and in your opinion, what might be the top three most important characteristics of a great leader? So define leadership, and then what are the characteristics of a great leader? What comes to mind? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is I had the honor to lead the parade at West Point uh, for Creighton Abrams, who was uh, the chief of staff of the Army at the time. The tank is named after him, the Abrams Tank. Oh, sure. No kidding. And it was was amazing. Very cool. And he took the time afterwards to acknowledge each of us that were part of the – who led the parade. Right. And in that course of those – and we had a a chance to then interact with him. And one of my classmates asked, you know, define leadership. He said two words, lead tank. He was literally the lead tank going into Bastogne to liberate the 101st Airborne wow. at the most important battle in World War II. Now, I didn't know that at the time because mm-hmm. I'd done some research, but I didn't realize he was literally in the lead tank in Patton's Army to liberate the 101st Airborne in the Battle of Bastogne. Two words, lead tank. 
as a leader, you always have to be out front. You have to be willing to, to uh, go in harm's way with them, to uh, eat last, uh, you know, all the things you would think about as mm-hmm. being a good leader to serve others. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Great. Fantastic. And in and, and three things, anything else come to mind? Well, I think that uh, I would say brotherhood. Uh, one of the things is we're, we're all in this together. We're a team. It's not you can't do it. One person can't do it alone. But so important to understand. I, I try to always attribute everything that we do to the team because they're the ones who accomplish it. I just happen to be sometimes a good uh, orchestra leader. Yeah, but everybody sometimes needs to so be a good, part of it, but, don't they? Know, the point, yeah. absolutely. It has to be all. We have to all be in together, unified. And uh, there should be an obligation to dissent. I think leaders should listen to those who don't agree, as long as they're based on facts and uh, and making the organization better. I will always listen to new ideas. I, you know, as as I always say as a leader, understand what you don't know, because mm-hmm. there's a lot you don't know. In fact, I know a lot less than I know. I guess that's the way I would say it. <laughs> don't and we I, all? Don't know, we all? So I guess as I've learned in leadership, so important to listen to to everyone on the team because you don't know when the great ideas could, where they could come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as we say here at I4CP, be learn-it-alls and not know-it-alls. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, that's the exactly leader of the future I, right there. Yeah, so. Fabulous. No, that's good. Yes. Well, we know the exchange uh, collaborates quite a bit with some other major organizations like Disney and AT&T you were telling, uh, sharing uh, with us offline. Can you give us some examples of how this type of collaboration is benefiting the organization and, in turn, benefiting the military community? Well, one of the examples I think of is when I first arrived here. At, sure enough, we were still showing s- movies that had been out for six weeks as opposed to first-run movies in the continental United States, and we weren't getting movies into combat in Afghanistan and Iraq the way we should have. So I, uh, I called Disney, and I said, listen, we need to, for the finest customers in the world, we need to give them the best theater experience they can have. And so we provided first-run movies from the get-go with Disney as a partnership. They actually went into combat with us, I mean, into, to show the movies. And some of their le- senior leaders came into Afghanistan and Iraq to show the movies. And now we premiere all hero movies in combat to honor those serving. So that's an example of how it demonstrates not only our commitment to warfighters, but also the commitment of great organizations like Disney. And the national anthem plays at every. And the movie. national anthem plays at every <laughs> I love movie. That. that is correct. It did when I in the fifties when I was uh, a dependent, and it does to this very day. Well, I tell you what, we're we're about ready to wrap things up here, Tom. You have just been above and beyond. Is there anything that we have not shared with our audience about all that you do at the Army and Air Force Exchange Services? Uh, you know, service every day. Is there anything that uh, you would like to share with the audience if you had the stage, the platform, as you do right now, to say, "Hey, tomorrow's Memorial Day, folks." Don't forget what it's all about. Uh, anything come to mind that you would like to uh, to take maybe a minute or so that uh, we've got to wrap things up? Well, I think um, I would say we should take a moment of silence to acknowledge those who did give their last full measure of devotion. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't think of Frank Hill, whose name is on the wall, uh, who I shared uh, uh, New Year's Eve with uh, just months before he died. And then it was literally I, had, I was celebrating being accepted at West Point at that, uh, on that uh, glorious day when we mm-hmm. shared, uh, you know, the New Year's Eve, Eve celebration, only to learn when I was in the, in, uh, in basic training that he had uh, been killed in combat and had last seen uh, trying to save his men who had been ambushed. Mm-hmm. So he was a, a great West Pointer, a great, great American, and so I think about Frank and many others, but I just, I, I uh, hold up Frank's memory to everyone as an example of, someone who truly gave his last full measure of devotion <coughs> and uh, honored those he served with. Well, makes all the sense in the world, too, why your company is uh, is sub- now supporting uh, the Armed Forces Bowl, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl here in, uh, in, uh, in, in Texas every year, and know you're going to be involved with the Army-Navy game as well next year. Absolutely. We're ex- very excited about being a junior sponsor with uh, USAA for the Army-Navy game, so we're once again, an example of where we can lean forward to support um, those who serve and to really get the word out, particularly to veterans that may now have this new benefit to shop online tax-free at great prices, as Angel has just uh, testified to. So we're, uh, <laughs> we're very excited about welcoming, welcoming them home, uh, particularly, again, this uh, Veterans Day uh, coming up in November. Fantastic. Tom Scholl. CEO, Army and Air Force Exchange Service, a giant thank you for your time today. More importantly, a giant thank you for all your service 
as a leader. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Yep. Thank you so thank much, you much for being here. Well, as, uh, as we always remind you, uh, thank you for being a part of uh, something very special on this Sunday afternoon. Did you have something to say? Uh, no, I'm just uh, very touched by all that Tom had to share today. Yep, there's no the question. Stories. Yeah, and, uh, and we're going to be back with, uh, with lots more and our good friend, Jay Jamrog. Jay Jamrog, that's right, leading the way and the insight segment. About to come when we continue here on 570 KIF. What are best practices? Are they what set you apart from your competition? Or are they simply what most companies do to stay in the race? At the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, we focus on next practices. And that focus is what today's high-performance organizations rely on to lead the way. Next practices are tactics and strategies that our research has discovered have a great impact on market performance, but that few companies are using. They are what will define market leadership in the years ahead. I4CP helps you see around the curve so your company can adapt and take advantage of emerging trends in the ever-evolving world of human capital. We want you to lead the way. So join our team, I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way. Leading the way. It's about influential leaders and the business practices leading companies use to impact market performance. That's what the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, does on a daily basis. We work with leading companies, from Amazon to Boeing, and REI to 3M, to not only discover the best people practices of high-performance organizations, but the next practices, those that will define market leadership in the years ahead. Senior HR, learning, talent, and diversity executives from many of the most respected companies in the world rely on I4CP to ensure that their efforts will make the greatest impact on the business. After all, it's difficult to stay ahead by only looking behind. I4CP's focus on next practices is what today's top companies rely on to lead the way. I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way every single day. Welcome back to Leading the Way. Here are your hosts, Scott Murray and Angel Carlton. Welcome back as we continue on on this Memorial Day weekend with our special uh, our special guest was Tom Schull, CEO of Army and Air Force Exchange Service. And our special guest right now on our Insight segment, Jay Jamrog. Happy Memorial Day weekend, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Yourself? So, hi, Angel. Hi. Happy Memorial Day. I know you're a veteran. Yeah, well, that we wanted to talk about the fact that you're a vet too, so this kind of fits into where, where did you serve? What 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 was it? Uh, the uh, uh, the, the Revolutionary War, or was it the War of eighteen twelve? <laughs> just a joke, Jay. <laughs> as a Vietnam era veteran, and just as a side note, Memorial Day happens to be one of the saddest days of the year for me. So, well, uh, for many veterans, what happens is you remember the faces and people of your friends and uh, who gave their lives. So. It, it comes back no matter how old you are. It's there. Did a uh, kind of a look back at uh, Pearl Harbor. Uh, we were there on the 75th anniversary, and we aired a television show that just ran last week, Jay. And, and uh, that's mm -hmm. all they, all the, the, the surviving veterans of Pearl Harbor, that is all they talked about, going back there every year to Hawaii. And what they remember most are those that are not there with them. So your, your point's right. extremely well taken. So thanks to all of them. And, Jay, thanks for your service as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So well, yeah, you have a you have a great person, Tom, because I've used the exchanges um, on many occasions. So. Oh, that's great. <laughs> great to hear. Well, um, as you know, Jay, I mean, it, 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 the exchange provides a, a unique retail experience for military personnel. Um, share with us a little bit about the trends that we're seeing in the retail industry. Well, it's, it's interesting because um, there's a lot of commentary that the brick-and-mortar brick will disappear. Um, but my, as a futurist, I really feel there's going to be a combination of both, that the online will continue to excel, but good brick-and-mortar will still be needed and still be good if it's done in the right way as a blended approach. So you can use your online and your brick-and-mortar if they fit together. 
Well, um, then it makes for a good combination. So I think both will have a life in the past. It won't all be brick and mortar like it was in the past because online is going to be very, very important, um, especially to servicemen who are in remote locations. I mean, that's a, that's a great idea who don't have the access to the commissary, et cetera. Very interesting. Yeah, that's a great point. Great mm-hmm. point. You know, and, and, and one of the things that we talked about earlier, Jay, uh, the exchange has an interesting business model where they hire military personnel that serves the military communities. We all understand that now. But we also talked with Tom about how this impacts the customer experience. So I wondered, mm-hmm. I wondered about this. Your thoughts on how this and, for that matter, how your research at I4CP what they reveal about creating a positive customer experience. What are the things that might come to mind? Yeah, well, one thing Tom mentioned was they, uh, they, they seek out talent that has a passion to serve. Now, it's, it's pretty easy to see it in relationship to his business model, but it, just, it reflects to all business models. Today we're seeing being very focused on the customer and a passion for that customer and service to customer is what – makes for a high-performing organization versus a low-performing organization. So that whole being sensitive to what the customer's needs are, a passion to serve that customer, we're seeing it makes for an agile organization uh, and makes for a high-performing organization. That passion to serve, to serve uh, um, with a purpose, and you're hearing that more and more, that I want, especially young people, they want to work for a company that has a purpose. Some of that purpose has to do with volunteering, of course, being part of the community, but also have a purpose for the customer and to serve that customer and that passion for it. So while it's, well, Tom points it out as a unique factor for their business model, it is also a unique factor that we found in our research for high-performing organizations also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the exchange has several layers of purpose happening there. So Correct. Yeah, well, we talked about uh, leadership, and uh, Tom gave us some of his perspective on the three most important elements of a leader, as he described. Uh, what can you tell us about the leadership characteristics that are most important for leaders of today? Yeah, that's a great question, because leadership is one of those areas that uh, companies and society struggle with all the time. Just what does good leadership look like? What, you know, where does it come from? Can you build it? Can you grow it? Are people born leaders and you can't make them? So it's it's a constant struggle of what is a good leader. Um, and so finding out what is a manager versus a leader. Peter Drucker once said that managers do things right. Leaders do the right thing. Um one of the quotes that I wrote down from Tom was, um, uh, whatever you are, be a good one. And I think that is something you could put on a plaque on a wall for leaders. I agree. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, it's something I'm going to steal. So I hope Tom doesn't mind I sort of uh, borrow that because I think it's a great one to think about is if you want to be a leader, no matter who you are and what level of the organization or whatever you're serving, be a good one. I love it. And guess what? I'm going to steal it, too. (laughs) I totally agree with you, Jay. I totally agree with you. Yeah, well put. Let me ask you this. We we kidded around about the fact is is we welcomed you moments ago about being a veteran and uh, from the whether it was the War of 1812 or the Revolutionary War, as you as you said, a proud uh, a proud member of the military during the uh, the controversial Vietnam War that we all remember so well. And yet I wonder about this as the veteran yourself that you are. What are your thoughts about the culture of the military and how the military compares from that standpoint to, say, the arena in corporate America today? Yeah, sure. So that's that's another really great question because it gets to leadership and uh, the the control structure in the military versus the uh, the, the uh, corporate world. They could lend itself. Of course, Tom served in, a, in the Reagan era, which was a great turning point for the military. The military was sort of beaten down after the Vietnam War. And I know I have lots of friends who are in West Point at the time writing content and developing the new leadership curriculum there uh, during that time. Um, and so the military has changed. But the thing about the military is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the whole thing to serve. And so, you know, I got your back, you got my back. If somebody goes down, another person steps up. It's all about, you know, um, you know, survival, one thing. But 
it's all about serving each other and being, uh, you know, I hate this word, but a band of brothers. Um, so the, the military has changed a lot over the years. Uh, and Tom probably could talk more to this than anything because the time he was within the Reagan administration is where the military really took a turn and they really have self-evaluated themselves and became the military we have today because of the lessons learned in Vietnam. Well put. Well put. Well, I tell you what, it's always great to hear from you, uh, Jay. Let me ask you this before we wrap it up. You mentioned at the top those that we lost, your comrades, your friends. Uh, those are the ones that you always remember most with uh, probably tears in your eyes on Memorial Day, and that's uh-huh. well well understood. And yet I just wondered, what might you share with us as, as, as we wrap it up? Uh, just how important it was and, and how meaningful it was for you even though it was a short period in your incredible life and what you've gone on to become and all the things that you've gotten a chance to be a part of and do as the leader that you are, what was it that you might have learned in the military and that you will always cherish or will always be a part of you as you move forward the rest of your life as we celebrate this Memorial Day weekend? Yeah, yeah I can summarize it in one word, Scott, discipline. Okay. And so as a young man, of course, I didn't volunteer. I was drafted, but I was a pretty undisciplined young man, mm-hmm. uh, to, put it mild, to put it mildly. Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> <laughs> but the military gave me discipline. It also gave me, you know, if I survive this, I can survive anything. And so I had discipline, but I also knew I could do anything. Because I've survived this, and I came out of hell and back, and I'm still here. So there must be a reason why. And the military gave me that discipline to really make that happen. So um, I have no regrets. They also gave me the GI Bill and sent me to college. So that was a good thing, too. It was a good thing. Well, Jay, as always, great wisdom. And we can't thank you enough. And we'll we'll talk to you down the road. Please, uh, we'll be thinking about you and all the other servicemen and women that served on this Memorial Day weekend. Uh, We we can't thank you enough. Okay. So bye, uh, bye, Angel. Thank you. Thank you much. Bye. And uh, happy Memorial Day. Yes, for sure. And let us not forget on this uh, Memorial Day weekend all the uh, men and women that did give the ultimate sacrifice so that we might enjoy all that we do here in the year 2018 here in the United States of America, the greatest country on the face of this earth. And as we always remind you, live your legacy by leading the way. Till next week, I'm Scott Murray. And I'm Angel Carlton. Have a great week, everybody. And remember, tomorrow, Memorial Day, and what it means to us all.